the word of our Lord from the Gospel of John. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to meet him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. So Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. Jesus, we pray that you would heal in us what is broken and in need of healing. We pray, O Spirit, that you would lead and guide us into all truth and that you would point our eyes to Jesus, the Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Why does Jesus sometimes play hard to get? You know, he often seems distant or absent. There are times in our lives where we think God is being completely quiet and we wonder, where are you, O God? Don't forget, the book of Psalms is at once a hymnal for the Hebrew people and at the same time also a prayer book. It is, Bonhoeffer pointed out, both God's word to us and our word to Him. He tells us what to say to Him. And sometimes, what we say to Him is, where are you, God? In some of the miracle accounts, we'll go ahead and use that word for now. In some of the miracle accounts in all the Gospels, but also here in John's Gospel, as He gives us these signs, Jesus seems... A bit distant, a bit standoffish. We saw that last week as we were looking at Jesus' response to his mother. Woman, what does this concern me? It's not yet my hour. 
But you'll remember her insistence to the servants. Just do whatever he tells you. Jesus does sometimes seem to play hard to get. This nobleman approaches Jesus. Lord, would you have mercy and come with me to my home for my son is dying. He needs your touch. And Jesus' response to him is not as excited and perky as we might expect or hope. You people are always looking for signs and wonders and without them you just won't believe, will you? One of the reasons that Jesus plays hard to get and seems absent or quiet in our lives is that He wants to test our faith to see its strength and stamina. He wants to see what's really in our faith, what's really motivating us. And in finding the strength of our faith, He wants to grow, develop, nurture, and build that strength. He wants to see how much stamina, how much persistence is in our faith, how much relentlessness toward Him is really there so that He can then grow it. When Lindsay and I were dating, you know, we lived 300 miles apart and dated for three and a half years before we got married. One of the quotes that we would often as sappy old lovebirds and little kids in college would say to one another, we'd remind each other of that quote from, what's his name, Roger Derabutin Debussy. I didn't know that was his name. But he said, Absence is to love what wind is to fire. It extinguishes the small. It inflames the great. The distance, the testing of our faith is akin to Jesus' seeming absence. And the faith that we have in Him is the love that motivates us, that drives us to Him. And so there are times when in our lives, Jesus holds us at arm's length so that He can see the resistance that we push toward Him so that He might embrace us all the more. Jesus also wants to purify our faith, to burn away the dross. There are times where Jesus in the Gospels and in our lives asks us, are you here just for the show? Have you only sought some performer, some miracle worker, some Sideshow with a ringleader who can 
lead that ring, that sideshow? Is that all you're looking for? And some of us, if we're not careful, some of us live life like this. Of all the things that are descriptive of not just the younger generation, but really the generation as a whole of where our culture is right now, old people, young people included. So you're not off the hook if you got gray hair or if you're missing hair, David. One of the things that is very typical of our culture that 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 stands as kind of a banner over it is that silly non-word word, YOLO. You only live once. And that idea drives the motivation that we don't want to miss out on any excitement. We want to be there for the party. We want to be there for whatever is biggest and brightest in town. We want to go to the flashiest new thing. Even if that means we'll discard the tried and true. Now this is not some the rantings of some old senile cantankerous pastor. Please know that. We're hesitant in our culture, in our time, to commit to anything. To marriage, to plans for the weekend. We're hesitant to commit for fear that we might miss out. And we are painstakingly so hesitant. When the excitement wears off, we dip out and move along. What's the new thing? What's the new passion? The new flame, the new fire. What's the new exciting thing? And Jesus wants to purify our faith of that. He wants to purify our love, our commitment of that. Because that is depressingly self-centered. And it will eat us up alive. These signs that John offers to us, very few considering the accounts of the other Gospels, these signs give us a peek behind the veil. A a small glimpse at Christ's glory as the Son. The signs are not just miracles. As wonderful as that might be. You know, we can get excited about a miraculous healing or a miraculous thing that takes place. We get excited about that and we ought. But the signs are more than just mere miracles. They are all about belief in Jesus as the Messiah. The eternal Son of the living God. 
And so John is inviting us on in. In fact, there's a, there's a, 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 a motif that John weaves into the, the tapestry of his letter. The phrase, come and see. Come and see. You find it several times in the first couple of chapters. And then you find it woven later on in the book. And eventually, you'll hear it. I noticed it again yesterday as I was preparing for a funeral. You hear it in the words of the Jews as Jesus asks, Where have they laid my dead friend Lazarus? And the Jews tell Jesus, Come and see. See, John wants us to see. He does not want us to miss Jesus. He wants us to see Him in all His fullness. And it's amazing that He doesn't just bombard us with 20 or 30 miraculous accounts. He gives us just a handful. And He carefully chooses them so that we might not miss Jesus. So that we might believe that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So that by believing, we might have life in His name. Jesus' desire is not that we seek His hands, but that we seek His face. And there's a world of difference between seeking Jesus' hands, what He can do for us, and seeking His face, who He is. He wants us to be enthralled with His goodness, not just His good gifts. He wants our longing to be for who He is, not just what He does. But the thing is, we can only know who He is, truly, as He is, by what He does. And so, He gives good gifts. He gives good gifts to draw us in and to reveal Himself to us. He is the great discloser. He makes Himself known to us. By how good and faithful and loving and gracious He is. Yes, He gives us good gifts so that we might be blessed. But most especially, He gives us good gifts so that we might know the greatest blessing of all. To know Him and to love Him. Not for the signs... Not for the signs, but please excuse my grammar, but for his self. He wants us to know him. Not just the stuff he does. Not just the things he can do for us. But is the desire and longing of our hearts to know Jesus. And Him only. The nobleman that approaches Jesus seems to be a part of Herod's cabinet, his entourage. Perhaps he's even a Gentile. And John is for certain placing his signs throughout the gospel and placing the the little vignettes of the people that Jesus meets throughout his gospel so that we might see that Jesus is going to all the different levels and layers of Palestinian society. 
Jesus' ministry is touching more than the elite. But it's not neglecting the elite. It's touching more than the Jews. But it's not neglecting the Jews. It's touching those who have been forgotten and cast out and ignored. The harlots. The broken. But not just them as well. Because He is the great friend of sinners. He is the great healer of bodies and souls. And Jesus pushes back against what's obviously a step of faith on the part of this nobleman. He pushes back against his faith and eventually gives this nobleman a final test, sending him on his way with nothing but a word. He issued both a command and a promise. Will you obey and trust? Despite what you might have heard, trust and obedience, faith and faithfulness are inseparable in the Scriptures. You cannot have one without the other. So Jesus gives a command and he gives a promise. Will we be shown to trust him in our obedience to him? Will will we be shown to obey him by our trust in him? The two sides of one single coin. He sends this nobleman. He sends him only with a word. Go. Your son lives. Think about it. Jesus does not do anything that the nobleman was expecting. In fact, you can imagine the nobleman's heart sinking when Jesus says, All you are looking for are signs and wonders. Will you not believe without them? The nobleman is is sinking inside. He's falling apart. Lord, my child is going to die. Jesus does not touch the child. He does not even make it back to the child's house. He simply sends the man on his way and tells him, your son lives. He does not touch him. He does not even pray for him. He simply speaks. He simply offers a word. The sign Jesus gave was not the miracle that the nobleman had sought. Jesus 
please come with me. No, you go home alone. Jesus, please heal my son. Your son lives. I can just imagine as the nobleman is making his way back to the area of Capernaum some 12 miles or so probably probably midway along the way right before his servants can be seen over the distance I wonder if there was any doubt any second guesses in the heart and in the mind of the nobleman. Wait a minute. Jesus got away and I don't know if my son is yet healed. What does he mean by your son lives? I walked away thinking, oh, he's healed my son, but I don't know yet. I haven't seen yet. Could Jesus have maybe simply been making a declarative statement to me? For now your son is alive. Go back home to him. Or did he make the promise that it seems he made to me? And just then, here come the servants. I imagine laughing for joy thinking he's not going to believe this. Your son lives. He was miraculously healed and made well. The news that's brought to the nobleman en route back home suggests that the boy was healed instantaneously, immediately. Not just that he was on the mend all of a sudden. He was made well. He was pulled back from the brink of death. And so the nobleman says, when did it happen? When did the fever leave him? When was it obvious that he was on the brink of death and then suddenly filled with life? When did it happen? It's about one o'clock yesterday afternoon. That's exactly when I found Jesus. Jesus reveals himself as the one who speaks and causes things to happen. The one who simply says the word and causes life to spring into existence. This Messiah is the word made flesh. The eternal word by whom and for whom all things were made. This is the one who is in the beginning with God the Father. The eternal God in our human flesh dwelling among us. Setting up camp with us. He steps into our brokenness and speaks life. He is the only one who can heal the human condition. Remember, he is the greatest anthropologist and psychologist. He has no need, John tells us, to be told what is in man, for he is 
intimately and personally aware. As Lindsay sang, he knows us down into our very core. He knows us. He memorizes us. It's like he's obsessed with us. We might reject him. We might throw him out. We might try to forget about him. But you know what? He's the kind of God who's not afraid to keep pursuing us. He's the hound of heaven, as the poet wrote. And we cannot get away from him. You see, that's what hell is. Finally getting away from Jesus for all finality. And Jesus will chase us even to the brinks of hell itself. So that we might not get away from him. You remember when he appeared to Saul. Who would become Paul. On the road to Damascus. The old King James says. Saul, Saul. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. As Flannery O'Connor said of the South, our culture is hardly Christ-centered, but it is most certainly Christ-haunted. We see all around us brokenness and despair. We are rotting from the inside. We are diseased. And Jesus... The only one we have not sought for a cure is in fact the one we have rejected. But he stands before us and calmly asks, will you trust me? Your son lives. Will you trust me? Your culture is healed. Will you trust me? Your broken family is mended. Will you trust me? Your fears are stilled. Will You trust me. He is the only one who can save us from ourselves. He is the one who speaks and creation springs up. He is the one who hung the stars and the moon. He is the one who made us and redeemed us If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. He may not be the one we expected. He may not even be the one we want. And the sign that He gives is not always the sign we expected. It's not the miracle we were looking for or hoping for. But will we trust Him? Because there's healing when we trust Jesus. Father, would you impress upon our hearts how we ought to respond to you